0: important games are the next tier in an already successful season and they're coming next in the 22 game sprint it is locked on jazz you are locked on jazz your daily podcast on the utah jazz part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Hello, how are you? We're back. It's the February 23rd edition of Locked on Jazz. The 22-game sprint is upon us. We'll look at the important games, what it means, no Colin Sexton, and how the Jazz survived that. The Thunder in town for three of our next five games. Are they the model the Jazz are following right now? And is it deemed a success already? What's to watch in the West? Schedule strength, important games, and one player who I think will pop in the final 22 and change the landscape of the West. That's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. And this is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. It's the Locked on Podcast Network. It's your team Every day, thanks so much for tuning in and making Locked On Jazz your first listen of the day. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Hope you had a great All-Star weekend. Congratulations to the organization. Uh, The amount we talked about, we did a show before the break about the people. And uh, the amount of people that put in incredible efforts and time and Ryan and Ashley Smith's vision and all indications are a, a raging success. Um, you know, for those that were interested in finding out how great our city is, they found out. Um, for those who were interested in seeing how great our city was, it was on full display. The inversion stayed out for most of the time, which is pretty great for us. And uh, it was beautiful, and I. it sounds like it was hopping. Uh, quite honestly, I did not participate in a lot. Uh, I went down on Friday night, went to the jazz party for a moment. It was super great. Just another sign of how uh, well-run our organization is and, and what everyone's, uh, and the effort and the thank you. I think if you're a jazz, you know, I think the great thing about, right now about our organization is if you work really hard, you feel uh, thanked. And I think that party showed that to me. It was was a super nice effort by everybody who built that over at the new La Meridian Hotel, which is gorgeous. My gosh, the view out of the top deck there was just incredible. If you were from not from Utah and got that, that was that was remarkable. Uh, then my wife and I walked around on Friday night. It was actually, you know, we the stories I'm hearing from people, we kind of missed it. We didn't get the vibe. We just saw a lot of black cars uh, driving around to carry people different places. And then uh, I didn't come down Saturday, and then I took off with my family on Sunday. Um, to spend some time, my dad 's in town still killing it eighty three years old out skiing every day, so we went to jackson so uh, ho- I'm, I just hope everyone got to take a part ryan 's vision was that everyone would feel it, everyone would touch it. It was fun being on tracks I, I went in, parked over at the ballpark, took tracks in, had dinner at lucky thirteen that night, of course um, and uh you know we just we felt it like that was the coolest part. you could feel the energy and the vibe, the dads with their kids, the moms with their kids um, all kind of getting the vibe of, of All Star Weekend. It, it was it was sweet. So now we have the twenty two game sprint. I, I, this is this is really great. Uh, this has already been a wildly successful season because we really had three questions coming into the season. Can Will Hardy coach? I think that's a universal yes. Did the Jazz get any pieces in the Gobert and uh, Donovan Mitchell trades that are that are keepers? And. You know, it may turn out on the on the Minnesota that Vanderbilt and Beasley just were another draft were used to be another draft pick. Balmero, we've we've let go. I think he's going to go play in Europe. Um, and then, so you know, maybe not on the Minnesota end of things. Did we find a piece of the puzzle for the future? Uh, however, on the Cleveland end, we found one in Lowry Markkinen who got to display himself at All Star Weekend, and also on the three point shooting guys. And I think we have another in Collins. Like, I don't know that I think Collins your starting point guard. But I'm pretty certain that the skills we've seen out of Colin and the way Will's been able to coach him, which I think has been masterful, is is something that can be a viable, you know, a piece of a successful puzzle in the future. So those two things right out of the bat, th- that's a win. And then the next question was, did any of the draft picks that we got to Walker, Kessler, Abaji, can either of those guys play? And the answer is clearly yes. Um, Walker is showing it. Um, and I think also Walker is showing how far he has to go. Like there has not, he moved into the starting lineup. There has not been a huge defensive spike by the jazz since he moved into the starting lineup. Like he's, it's hard. Like, that's great. And I, there's no, you know, this was exactly the, I think the jazz have managed Walker perfectly that, you know, they throw him into the starting lineup and, um, and get to see, get him to feel it. He was dominant when he was playing in the bench units. And I think it's been about 17 games since he's been in the starting lineup. We've been about a 500 team, which is terrific. Um, and since he's been in the starting lineup, our defense is 24th in the NBA, which means we still have a long way to go. He wasn't the elixir, one-person-to-fix-it um, person. And then Ochai Abaji is showing signs. Like, there's a lot of development that still needs to go on, but there are signs. And that dunk he had against John Morant, wowed people. Uh You had Ron Boone got on the plane and literally wanted to go see that dunk. He has not done that very often. There was something about that dunk that kind of said something to Ron about who he was as a player. There's a lot of untapped in Ochai Abaji. Like, right now, the lack of free throws we talked about before we went to break, like, that's not a sustainable model, but it's also probably not who he is. At some point, like, the next step to watch with Ochai is he drives to the basket. Right now, he makes the right play every time, passes out, does all those kind of things is a little bit, of, little bit of ass to him, like where he goes and goes to the basket and like, you know what, this is mine. But, you know, as of right now, he hasn't taken a free throw in his last seven or eight games. He's taken two in his last, I think, 13. And so, you know, when does he start to make, use his incredible body? But these are all developmental things. Like, these are great. This is, and this is why the season is already a success. Now, the next step is this right now, which is important games. Lowry Markin and Learning is the number one guy, what it's like to play important games. 22 games to try to sprint, and get yourself into the play-in to play a postseason game. You might be out there and be on, you know, tank patrol and realize that. And I don't disagree with you, frankly. For us, if we went three and nineteen the rest of the way, it's probably as beneficial to the long term of the franchise as going thirteen and and nine and making the play-in. Um, it's probably going to be forty-one wins to get to the play-in. Like that seems to be the number that you kind of float around there. Forty-one wins. So it's a twelve and ten close maybe a 13 and 9 close that's going to be tough we haven't that that's asking a lot like we'll we'll see whether we can uh whether we can do that the basketball reference number is at 41 uh 42 would would make me feel a lot like a lot better frankly um the, bas- the number uh at 538 to get in seems to be right around there 40 and 41 same kind of number they have the Nuggets as one seed, um, and then they have the Grizzlies at the two. They have the Mavericks actually pulling this together as a pretty distant three. The Suns at four, Clippers at five, Kings at six, with the Warriors seven, Pelicans eight, Timberwolves nine, and J- Lakers 10 at 40. So they 41 gets you in there. So 41, like 12 and 10 the rest of the way, important games, 22 left, what does Walker learn about that? What does Lowry learn about? What does Will learn about that? Like this, this is great. It, and you know, and if we happen to go six and sixteen, and we get thirteen, you know, fourteen important games before it's kind of over, then then so be it. It's still this is the next stretch of what's important to us is is these important games, and they're gonna be hard. No, Colin Sexton uh, really is gonna put an undue burden on Jordan Clarkson and on on Lowry Mark, and frankly, you know, we we don't talk about Jordan a lot. Well, like this is a big veteran leadership step for Jordan's career. Can he carry the jazz and make the plays that need to be made? He's he's gonna be the go to guy late. He's the one who can make a play. Um, and the schedule the rest of the way is interesting. We have a massively long road trip, but it's not exhausting in the sense of like number of games. We're just out on the road forever, which might not be horrendous. I mean my wife particularly thinks it's great. No, just kidding. Um, but it might not be horrendous, frankly. It doesn't. It just feels long. Um, and I'm sure I'll, I'll whine about the length. We leave on March 2nd and we come back on March 14th. We get a lot of days off. We play five of our next six on the road. We've got a bunch of scheduling advantages. We've got three games against the Spurs. We have a game against Orlando, who's actually really good. A game against Charlotte, who's not. So we have four games against teams that are... Probably not real focused on winning. We've probably got to grab those. We have three, four games against the Thunder. We probably got to split those. Okay, well then now all of a sudden that's six wins. Are there another six to be had? Can you get another six from Dallas and Orlando and Miami on the road? Boston, Sacramento, Portland, Milwaukee at home. Back to Sacramento. Home against Phoenix. Boston and Brooklyn on the road again for another quick East Coast road trip. Lakers twice late with the Nuggets, like that. Woo! There are not a lot of gimmies in there. Strength of schedule the rest of the way is not on the Jazz side of things. Um, But that's where we are. Um, And that's going to be pretty great to watch as we play this down. Um, The Jazz opponent winning percentage is just a little bit below 50%. We do play 10 of our final 22 games against plus 500 teams. We only have two back-to-backs. That's why I say it's not exhausting. You know, Sacramento's playing 25 games. Memphis is playing 25. Oklahoma City's playing 25. We play three of our next five against Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City plays three of their next eight against us. In the same time period that we play five, they play eight. So some of the scheduling things now come back to our side uh, here in this stretch. So it's going to be, this is going to be great. And this is the next learning step of big moments, little stress, little anxiousness, a lot of fun. Every night matters. Playing games, one of the greatest changes to the history of any sport and we get to live it. And how fun would it be to play in a playing game? Oh, it'd be great. So we'll talk about Thunder are the opponent tonight. Are they the model that the Jazz are following? That's what everyone says, but I do think there's a day coming up here where this gets a little tough. On Oklahoma City. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Murdoch Hyundai located 40 excuse me Murdoch Chevy located 40 uh, out in Woods Cross also located in Logan. The uh, Murdoch family has been in Utah for over 80 years and the Chevy truck is everything you could ever imagine. The Silverado, the Colorado, don't you wish you had one of those yesterday? Wow I came home to so much snow. That was totally insane uh, and uh, the Chevy truck bringing you all you could ever imagine with the Silverado and the Colorado. The Silverado's the big one. It is the granddaddy, the King Bah, the ultimate lazy boy chair rolling through town. The Colorado's the zippier, fun one. The Chevy also has a great SUV lineup led off by the Blazer and the Trailblazer, but it's got the the... The Staples, the Tahoe, and the Suburban. Go check it out at Murdoch Hunt, uh, Murdoch Chevy, located in Woods Cross, also located in Logan. Feel free to email me first. We'll set you up with a VIP meeting to make sure you get a great experience at both. Today's show is also brought to you by Built Bar. Low in calories, high in protein, and now they've gone too far. They have the... Healthy Donut, yes, Maple Donut, Built Bar Puffs. Watch out, world. You got to try this. Plus, the Animal Cookie Bar is out. I think it actually might have sold out already. That was their big one. I was there testing it. Grasshopper Cookie is out. Love the Grasshopper Cookie. Uh, Built Bar, uh, that's one of my all-time favorites. The Brownie Batter Puff is there as well. And Built Bar is now available for you in multiple places. You can get it at Built.com with the promo code lockdown 15 as we've talked about in the past. and get yourself 15% off. But now you can also go check out Built Bar at Sam's Club. Grab a 13-box bar with brownie, batter, and churro. You can thank me later. You can also stop by your local Walmart and pick up a four-box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, coconut broth. so you can continue to do it the good old-fashioned way by doing it with built.com. It's all at our good friends over at Built with the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Thanks so much for making Locked On Jazz your first listen today. Fired up for you to take your second listen with Locked On Sports Today, the 22-minute sports recap show of everything going on in the sports world. Uh, get it all up to date for you. All right. Uh, Thunder are here. Thunder interesting. Um If there's a signature to the Thunder right now, to me, and I'll ask Mark Dagnalt, their head coach today, if there's a signature to him of their success this year, it's they're the fourth best half-court defense in the NBA, which is really interesting because they don't have a center. They're a terrible defensive rebounding team. They're 29th in the league in defensive rebounding, but they're third in the league in forcing turnovers, which spurs their offense a little bit. They're in transition the ninth most of anyone in the NBA. And their defensive effective field goal percentage is 12th best. Quite honestly, defensively, they're the exact opposite of where we are right now. You know, I don't think Will's been able to get his defensive stamp on this team yet. Uh, According to Cleaning the Glass, we're 29th in the league at denying transition. Now, you know, Ron Boone's been on this all year. When you play Walker Kessler, Kelly Olenek, and Lowry Market in three seven-footers that are not fleet of foot, you're going to get beat in transition. The Thunder are the opposite. They're the second-best team in the league at denying transition. So they're keeping you in the half court and then they're the fourth best defensive team in the league in half court. And to me, that's kind of their signature. Their offense, they've got their stud in Shea Gildas Alexander. We're all going to talk about it 31 points a game and he's their version of Lowry Markin, right? He's the piece they got in the Paul George trade that is turning out to be maybe better than people expected. I actually think people thought that Shea Gilgus-Alexander was going to be good, and there was even talk at the time, like, oh my gosh, how do you give that up? And the, frankly, the, matter, thank, the, mat, you know, the fact of the matter is that Sam Presti had Lawrence Frank on that one because to get Kawhi Leonard, he had to get Paul George, and he knew it. So, um, you know, that, turn, that one becomes pretty clear. Um, and then they're beginning to profit off the other picks, right? So they, tri- they got a 2021 first-round pick, which has turned out to be Trey Mann, that one we'll see. Trey Mann, who is a six foot three kind of point guard shooting guard, who came to the league from Florida with this thought of being like a shooter. I don't know if just because he came from Bradley Beal, he really hasn't been able to shoot. Back to back years, he's th- shooting 39% for the field. And strangely, this year, he can't shoot the three at 31%. So, like, whether Trey Mann is a hit or a miss is now, I think, in doubt a little bit. Um, in his second year, then they picked up Jalen Williams. Now they have two Jalen Williams, which will be interesting tonight on how to call it. This is the Santa Clara Jalen Williams, and he has been a stud. Twelfth pick of the draft, they got this in the in the Clipper trade, and he has been superb. Uh, Twelve points, three rebound, four rebounds, three assists a game. But more recently, you look at his numbers in January, he averaged 14, 5, and 3. He's been really great in his last 21 games, all starts. He started since the beginning of December. This guy's a stud, 6'6", 195. He's beginning to piece it together. They call him J-Dub. I have no idea what I'm doing tonight. Well, I think I have an idea. I think I'm going to try doing the Jalen Williams and the number for the listeners. Or by college. I don't know. Santa Clara. Anyway, haven't really decided yet. It's kind of weird having two Jalen Williams. Um, and I'm the last one to try. So then they get they still have you know two 2023 picks, a 2024 pick, a 2025 pick, a 2026 pick, all for that Paul George trade. That that's their trade that, you know, and then they moved Russell and their pieces. So they've done a follow, a similar model, and and then Shea is the piece that gave them, has given them kind of their 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 stud, and he's a stud at 30 points a game. What gets interesting here on them is and this will get interesting depending on how the Jazz build it, and this is where I get nervous about this model, is Josh Giddey's been good, and I'm not, and Jalen Williams has now been good, and they're all going to kind of come to roost for money and contracts at the same time, and you've got to decide which ones you really think are worth the money. Like, like, Josh Giddey's really good, but I'm not convinced I'm paying Josh Giddy like, the max. And I'm not sure I want to really be using a massive... Like, Josh Giddy on a really good team, I'm not sure, honestly. I, I was down, and then I've watched him play late games, and he's great, and he makes his teammates better, and he does all sorts of things, and his three-point shooting's gone from 26% to 32%, but he really can't doesn't shoot the three well. Um, he's pretty neat in the sense he gets eight rebounds and six assists. Like, he's it's he's a neat player. Like, like him an awful lot. He's 6'8", he plays the point, he's long. There's a lot of reasons to love him. And, and the more you watch him and his ability to play late games, he does some pretty great things. The question then gets to be like, but great enough to be your number two guy? Is Shea good enough to be your number one guy? And then when Jalen Williams comes to roost, is that good? like this? They all start coming at the same time. It gets difficult. I think chemistry wise can get difficult though. Having Shea as the number one guy is going to be interesting. Now they're getting the experience of playing important games, right? They had... Back to back years, two years in where they were bad. Um, they they really dealt with it uh and and, and bit the bullet. They were twenty-two and fifty in the twenty twenty-one year, they were twenty-four and twenty-eight in the twenty-one-22 year, and now they're hovering at five hundred. They only play, I think, four games left the rest of the way against top ten teams. They play eleven games left against non-playing teams. Like, there's every reason to believe Oklahoma City is making the play in um along the way. Now, 538 actually has them at just 38 wins, but I have a hard time. I actually think they end up. I, I would project them to uh, make the play in, be one of those teams that that gets in. They just have they have too soft a schedule and they play too hard every night, and they're trying to, you know, and they're trying to get in. Uh, basketball reference, I would agree with a little bit more. They have them at 30 at the eighth team playing New Orleans in the play in at 42 wins. Like that to me seems really reasonable. And then they may make the playoffs. Then they're playing Denver. They get that one, you know, they, they win one of those games and they get Denver. Pretty pretty f- incredible stuff um, for them in that third year of the rebuild without really getting all the benefits yet of all their picks because Chet Holmgren hasn't played this year. Um, so really remarkable how far along they are. And I think the signatures, they've kind of found the way they want to play. These interchangeable parts defensively, switching Cause wrecking havoc, athletically elite, long defensive team. Lou Dort leading the way a lot on that. Jalen Williams can do that. Um, and that's how they've kind of figured this out. The thing that's interesting also about them, by the way, is last 10 games, their offense is number two in the NBA. They put up 76 points in the first half against Houston, 72 points in the first half against Portland, 76 points in the first half against the Lakers in three of their last four games. So... They may be discovering themselves offensively with both the Williams starting. Actually, all three. Kendrick Williams, Jalen Williams, and Jalen Williams. Thanks, Sam Presti, for the biggest nightmare ever for a play-by-play announcer. But the Thunder are a little bit of our model. I think if, you know before we deem them a wild and crazy success, I want to see one of these teams that's doing this rebuild get through the years in which all of the guys are coming to roost at the same time. And how do you manage that both in the locker room and financially? It gets, it's going to get super hard. Um, but they're loaded with talent right now. And you're going to see it tonight. Guys just flying around the gym, uh, doing uh, impressive things, really elite athletically, uh, and probably giving us, you know, rec- giving us a hard time. They they're lacking some pieces. They don't have any pull up shooting. Uh, man is 31%. Isaiah Joe's their best. He's actually not great at that. He is the number one catch and shoot guy in the NBA, though. Watch it. Keep an eye on Isaiah Joe. This is where like they've done a good job of getting people that have a unique skill that fit. Uh, and then they're the Shea show. Like 20 of the shots are coming from Shea tonight, 14 from Giddy, 12 from Dort. So they need that next piece. Is it Chad Holmgren? Who is it? How long does it take it to develop? Do they trade for it? Do they move picks to get it? Um, it'll be interesting to watch what their next steps are um, along the way. But so right now they're the model, right? Right now they they deserve all the flowers, except for the fact that your flowers are for being 500 in your third year of a rebuild, which still leads means it's not to be critical. It just means that you have... A very long road to go with multiple pitfalls possibly uh, along the way before. All right, let, what to watch in the West in this final 22-game sprint and the impacts of the Jazz and others <coughs> along the way. Today's show is brought to you by Nissan. Time for us to choose our Nissan uh, Aria player most electric player of the week and we won't see him here for a little while but i want to give it out to our guy colin sexton and the way he played uh for the last week i just thought he was brilliant fierce um stunningly powerful uh absolutely fabulous with his uh, just quest to get to the rack and those are all the same characteristics of the nissan aria the 2023 all electric nissan aria packs pin you to your seat power Premium Intelligence All-in-One EV, the all-new All-Electric 2023 Nissan Aria, the EV for people who love to drive. Shop now at NissanUSA.com and Colin Sexton is our Nissan Aria Player of the Week for being the most electric player on the Jazz roster. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel, FanDuel, the number one sports book in America Make every moment more at FanDuel.com slash locked on. The NBA season sprint is upon us and the no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from money line to point scores to threes drained. It's all there. Player props, a lot of fun. Get the parlays, all that. Gosh, I heard about a guy last night, local barber in town, who like hit on four champs. I think it was the Warriors. I can't remember. Warriors. Anyway, he made Buku. Uh, plus, FanDuel lets you combine your bets for a chance to bigger payout on the same game parlay, so don't miss your chance to get no sweat first bet, $1,000 bet, and bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash Lockdown. That's FanDuel.com. Locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. <laughs> If you're not going to do your second listen with Locked On Sports today, then I suggest it's time to start getting ready for the NBA draft with our friends over at Locked On NBA Big Board. That is Rafael Barlow, the rising star of the NBA draft, along with the grinder, Leif Toulin, Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, all there for you. A great crew of draft experts. Locked On NBA Big Board, getting ready for it. All right, what to watch in the West in the final uh, stretch? First one, Jamal Murray. I think we're going to see a massive explosion from Jamal Murray in the final 22 games of the season that will solidify Denver as the unquestionable one, number one seed. Now, he did not play the final six games before the break. They gave him a little break, but he, you could see it coming. He went 32-33-41. Many years back, I looked at ACL guys of when do they get better, and it was actually it was because of Dante. They actually get better after the break. Any break they take where they're able to just kind of reset, reestablish themselves, they get better. I suspect Jamal Murray comes out absolutely flying here. Now, you know, he had a knee issue. If he doesn't come out and play right away, it might, I'll swing 100% the other way really fast. It's really disconcerting he doesn't play again after seven days. But if he comes, I, I suspect he'll be healthy for Denver. Keep an eye on him. I think he, Denver will be the number one seed this year, and I think he really solidifies them as, you know, their guy. And I think um, that will be kind of the most interesting uh, player to watch. The Lakers obviously have it, and frankly the most important stretch of their season is the next 10 games. Seven games against four Western teams currently in play and Four of those seven are... Uh, Including two home games, and the Warriors are their first six out of the like these. Right now, the Lakers have to figure it out. They'll come out fresh. They will come out with with AD and LeBron. They come out with Jared Vanderbilt and Malik Beasley now starting for them, and they are running out of time. Frankly, you know, if the Lakers are going to make this run, we just talked about it, you have to you're going to have to get to 41 wins, unless multiple teams do it. And then you're going to have to get to 42. So for the Lakers, they they have got to finish the year. They've played 59 games right now so they have 13 left. They have to finish the year at 14 and 9 to get to 41. They're probably to be secure they got to go 15 and 8. And they open with the Warriors tomorrow or tonight. They then go to Dallas, then go to Memphis, then go to Oklahoma City. They drop like 3 of those 4. It's over already. Which by the way has huge impact on the Jazz cuz we play two of our final 3, two of our final 3 or two of our final 4 against the Lakers two of our Final Four, they could be out of it by the time we see them. That could chalk us up two more wins to get us in the play Then the Lakers, if the Lakers can get through this four-game gauntlet, then they come home for a five-game stretch, all against good teams, but a chance to really make hay before going back out to New Orleans for a road game. So the Lakers season could be over or it could be at full throttle right away. That's the most, I mean, that is the team to watch. I know it's the Lakers and... The other one I'm watching closely is Minnesota. I've been watching Minnesota for a while. They've looked close. With Mike Conley, they look way better. They play 13 of their 21 on the road to close, the most road-heavy schedule of anyone. They have the most East-heavy schedule of anyone. They're below 500 against East. At some point, they should get Carl Anthony Towns back, but that team has not been great about like assimilating players into the roster. I, they look to me like they're on the verge of being way better, and then they drop games that make you wonder what they're doing. Minnesota to me is a fascinating watch. Sacramento is another fascinating watch. For all the flowers and love they've gotten, they're six and seventeen in their last thirteen games. However, and they have a so they're only five hundred now. Sabonis has been playing. They have a they have an interesting like stretch. They're on the road a lot. Their schedule's not great the rest of the way. They have one of the more difficult schedules. Um, I would kind of keep an eye on where they are and, and whether they hold this together. And this thing is so fragile and I still wonder whether they have the confidence that if somehow at some point they start to fall apart, how far does it go? Right? That to me is the interesting one on Saks. Saxon. Right now, Sacks in pretty good position. They're sitting, I think, third or fourth in the West. Denver, Memphis, and then Sacramento at 32 and 25. But if the Clippers figure this out, they're right behind them. There's just a bunch of reasons why, you know, if Sacramento continues to play 500 ball, makes me a little nervous. Sacramento's currently projected to to have that third seed, hold home court. But frankly, the difference between them and the seventh seed is three games. And so if they start dropping games they shouldn't with a – Difficult schedule. The fact they've been 500 for the last 13, uh, I'm not entirely, you know, let's keep an eye out. That's why. So those are the four teams for me to watch. Now, the Clippers are obviously interesting. They're 33 and 28. They've gotten a lot, rid of a lot of inefficient players. They've done some nice things to their roster. They have not in games played against top six teams in the West this year. They're four and eight. They're eight differentials minus 84. John Schumann, NBA.com. They're by far the worst of that group. Um, so it'll be interesting to see Uh, what happens with them um, and and whether we do it. So, and then from the Jazz standpoint, by the way, uh, we're one of the only three teams, only two back-to-backs left to play. Um, So, and frankly, one of our opponents, the Kings, I think, plays a back-to-back on that. So we have these long trips, but we have a really soft kind of fatigue-wise schedule Um, and we'll see whether or not we can take advantage and just whether we have enough manpower to do it. But important games the rest of the way are what we want. Learning experiences continue, and hopefully we make a play-in game and get to be a part of it. How fun would that be to play a one-and-done in the NBA? So happy to be back. Jazz Thunder tonight. Ron Boone and I will be back with you on Instagram at 445 today or so at DLock09. Please join us. Then we'll be pregame show start at 6 on the radio with Jake Scott and Tim Lacombe. Ron and I will be with you at 7 for tip-off and the Jazz and the Thunder, the first of three, and tune in to hear how I possibly call Jalen Williams, Jalen Williams, and Kendrick Williams, all at the same time on the floor. That'll be fun. See ya.